Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Adding new foods at a mealtime, I always like to serve something that they're going to like. So a win. If I'm serving a new type of vegetable or I'm cooking it a different way, I'm going to make sure that I have you know, some fruit is an easy win that we always have at dinner time as well, because they're going to see it, they're going to enjoy it. Um, and then, you know, if they're seeing something new on their plate, they'll eat the things they like, and then hopefully make their way to trying that new food, or then I encourage them to try it too. Living a healthy, balanced life is no small feat, especially when you're a mom. With meals to cook, laundry to load, work to do, and humans to raise, it can be easy to feel like we're in an on-again, off-again relationship with healthy living. But it doesn't have to feel this way. I believe living a healthy life has become way too complicated. What we need isn't a new plan or program telling us what to eat or how to live. We need simple, uncomplicated routines and information that's going to help us live our best, most beautiful life without rules and restrictions. Join me, Kristen Dofniak, holistic health coach, certified intuitive eating counselor, and mama of two for weekly conversations on what it means to live a healthy, balanced life, uncomplicate eating, and simplify in every area of mom life. Hey, friends. Welcome back to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Chris here, your host, and I have a really fun conversation to share with all of you today. Today's guest is a third-time guest, which is a first for the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. I am chatting with my friend, Heather England. We have been connected for several years now. We've worked together in several different capacities, and Heather has a brand new project that she's going to share with you all about in this episode. Episode, but we got together today to have a candid conversation about kids and eating and picky eating in particular. So Heather has four kids and I have two kiddos and we are similar in that even though she has double the amount of kids I do. All of our kids have different preferences when it comes to food. Some of them are more adventurous eaters. Some of them are more selective eaters. And so we had a really awesome conversation on her best tips for how you can start to combat picky eating by doing things like modeling for your kids, getting your kids in the kitchen serving foods in a way that is appealing and less overwhelming for your kiddos and really encouraging them to eat lots of real, whole, nourishing foods, but without stressing yourself out 
as well. So for those of you who don't yet know Heather, like I mentioned, she is a fitness instructor. And so we had her on the podcast to talk about her journey with fitness and encouraging moms to fit fitness into their routine. We talked about her story and how she loves to also encourage moms to eat more real food in a really balanced way. So I will include both of those episodes in the show notes. But Heather England is the creative force behind the popular food and wellness blog, Fit Mama Real Food. What started as a personal food diary in 2008 transformed into a helpful wellness resource for women and families looking to eat real food. Heather is a certified nutrition coach, certified group fitness instructor, recipe developer, and food photographer. She offers monthly healthy meal plans for families, individual nutrition coaching online, and in-person group fitness classes locally. Throughout the years of developing recipes, Heather's found one commonality that always shines through. We all want it to be healthy and we want it simple. Whether she's making dinner for her own family or creating recipes for her community, those principles of healthy and simple are kept in mind. Heather lives in Ridgefield, Washington with her husband, four children, dog, cat, chickens, and turtle. Visit Heather's website, fitmamarealfood.com, and at fitmamarealfood on Instagram to join the amazing community of like-minded real food mamas. So without further ado, let's jump in to our conversation. Hey, Heather, welcome back to the Healthy Balanced Mama podcast. I am so excited to have you on the podcast for the third time. You're my first ever third time guest, and I always love chatting with you. Chris, I love it so much, too, and I feel so honored that I get to chat with you for the third time here. It's going to be so much fun. Oh my gosh. And we've got a really, really great topic to talk about. We've talked about your story. We've talked about fitness for moms and we are digging into food today and kids and picky eating. It is, it's going to be a really good conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, I love to start with a fun little icebreaker. And so I love to ask moms and because we're going to be talking about your book today, this is my favorite thing to ask authors. What are you reading these days? Oh, that's a good question. And I wish that I could say that I read a lot. But my most recent book that I was reading was um, The Highly Sensitive Child, I believe it was called. Mm. Um, Just to get some tips on one of my kiddos that needs a little bit more love and support. So that's what I've been reading. Oh, I love that. That's perfect going into our conversation today, yeah. too. I think I could probably use that book, too. I have two <laughs> very good. different kiddos, one who needs a little bit more support in that area than the other one. Yeah, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Okay, that's awesome. Um, I'll, I will try to link that in the in the um, description down below so, cool. so people can check that out, too. So like I said, this is your third time on the podcast, and I'm sure it won't be your last, but this time we are, we're really digging into the food side of things. And I, I already alluded to the fact that you have a book coming out, which is really mm-hmm. exciting, and we will get to that. But I want to talk about kids, and I want to. you have four kids, so you have double the amount of kids that I do. <laughs> um, and we are both recipe developers. We both love food. We both have passions for sharing real food with our families. But I know that for a lot of the moms listening, they also have similar passions of you know wanting to raise kids who are healthy and well-nourished, but picky eating is one of those things that feels like it can stand in our way of really nourishing our family in the way that we want to, because sometimes our kids just don't want to eat what we, what we serve them. And it can be really frustrating. I think, you know, when as moms, you know, I can be really anxiety producing. I know it has been for me in the mm-hmm. past, and it's like, just eat something. <laughs> so my first question for you is having four kids, how did you sort of expect your kids to eat before you had kids? 
Hmm, that's such a good question. And I think I went into it actually expecting my kids to be more picky because when I was a kid, I grew up so grew up picky. So I think I went into it thinking that's just how kids are. All kids are kind of picky. Um, so I, I went into motherhood anticipating pickiness and my kids are definitely selective with things. Um, and I have a couple that are a little more picky than the others, but I definitely went in thinking that they would be more picky than they actually are. Oh, I love that. And I think that'll be a good, you know, segue into what we're going to talk about later, because I think sometimes Mm -hmm. we do expect our kids to not enjoy things sometimes, Mm -hmm. and then they do, and we're surprised. And uh, Mm -hmm. I know I actually um, have a podcast guest. Actually, when this airs, she will have already aired. um, Michelle Taggy, we're talking about um, Mm -hmm. nutrition for babies. And so we were talking about how, like when my daughter, my youngest daughter was really young, we introduced her to a lot of different foods than we did my older daughter, um, just because Mm -hmm. I think we were a little bit more comfortable as parents. And one of her favorite foods for so long was smoked fish. So we would like give her smoked fish in little pieces and she would gobble it up and we would bring it to restaurants because it's easy to bring to Mm -hmm. restaurants. And I mean, I don't think we really got as many looks as I thought we did. I'm like, this is so (laughs) weird. We're bringing smoked fish for her. But I'm like, well, it's so nutrient dense. All those omega threes. Mm -hmm. It's got that protein to keep her full. I mean, it might be a quote unquote weird. It's not weird to me. I love smoked fish. Mm -hmm. Um, Same. A strange food. But I mean, she loved it. And that's not something that I think that we would, you know, normally predict a child to eat. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm interestingly, I, I actually asked you this question and I hadn't really thought about this question too much myself. And mm-hmm. I think that I, I tried to like reduce my expectations, like lower my expectations for mm-hmm. whether my kids would be picky or not, just because I'm like, okay, well, I have the culinary background and I'm a huge foodie. If they don't like go into it, re- enjoying spicy foods and curries and all of these things, um, mm-hmm. then it'll be Okay. But I think also in the back of my mind, I was like, there's no way. There's no way they can be picky. I'm going to serve them such a big (laughs) variety of foods. Yes. And I have one child who is super adventurous. And Mm -hmm. I love that about her. And we have so much fun with food together. She did have her selective phase when she was younger. Mm -hmm. And I have another kiddo who's not like that at all. She is not adventurous (laughs) in the least. (laughs) Kids can be so different. And I think that that can be a point of frustration. You know, maybe your first kid is adventurous. Your older one is. My oldest is definitely my most adventurous. And then my second came around and she definitely has things that she just does not like. And you have to learn to accept that everyone has preferences. But it can be hard when you're like, but he liked it. Why don't you like this? Yeah, no, Totally. And I think, you know, it can be, it can be really frustrating, but going back to that and going, okay, Mm -hmm. so then, so then what do I do? So Mm -hmm. I think that this is a great place for us to kind of dive into then. So you said your oldest is a little bit more adventurous and your Mm -hmm. second was less adventurous. So between all of your kids, have you Mm -hmm. noticed like major differences between their preferences or are their preferences different from each other? Um, And how did you kind of start to handle that once you did realize that some of them are more selective than others. I know they're spaced out, mm-hmm. so you've had some time between them, um, mm-hmm. but kind of how, did, how did that evolve? Yeah. So when they were all in the younger years, you know, when they're first starting to eat, we followed baby led weaning. And I would say up until about two, they were all super just open to trying everything. You know, kids just, they're ready to explore all of the different flavors, smoked fish, um, and, and so they were all similar in that way. But then when they got closer to like three and four, uh, my second and my 
my fourth, which are very similar. They look similar. They both suck their thumbs. It's like, they're like clones. Um, they both show that they have specific preferences. And um, my second, she just despises all things potatoes, which is so random. And I had to like learn, okay, she doesn't like it. I'm still going to be, you know, serving it and asking her to try it. But instead of being like, hey, why aren't you eating your mashed potatoes or trying this French fry? Um, I, I've, I've allowed myself to honor her preferences there. Um, it definitely took some like internal work of it's okay. She doesn't have to like everything. Um, so definitely having that mindset of, of knowing that people have preferences. My husband has preferences. And then with my youngest, she's three. And what we've been working on lately is just getting her to try different things, which starts with me modeling it. She will see a salad and she's like, I don't like salad. Again, all my other kids tried salads and happily gobbled them up, but she's just giving me a little run for my money when it comes to salads. And I found for her, um, if I have it on my plate, we just, I'm like, sharing is caring. Do you want to try it? And then she's totally willing to try it. But um, if it's on her plate, she she will say, I don't want salad. I don't like salad, which is so funny. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> I can't even remember it now. No, I think you did. I'm just okay. asked kind of like the, the major differences between oh. your kids and their preferences mm-hmm. and kind of how you started handling that. And I, I think you've yeah. already given us some really great examples. I think modeling is so, so huge in yeah. just having it on your plate. And, and I think, you know, for me, I, I've noticed before that I've said things about I, there are very few foods that I don't like just with my mm-hmm. culinary background. I, I love food, but I don't like lima beans. They're one like I don't know. I just my mom used to make this frozen vegetable blend that you could just just get at the grocery store. And it was like carrots and I think it was like carrots and peas and green beans and lima beans. Mm-hmm. And I would like eat everything except the lima beans. And my mom would always, you know, and I don't think she would ever force me to eat them, but I just they just, they kind of, yeah, they make me gag. I don't like them. They're at all. not yours. Yeah. And I've never served them to my kids. And I'm like, oh my gosh, are they going to live a life deprived of lima beans? Yeah. <laughs> because I, I won't I... serve them. It's not a big deal, but I know I've mentioned it before. And my, my oldest daughter, I said, mommy, I know you just don't like lima beans. So you'll never serve lima beans. And I'm like, you know, that's probably true, but I try to avoid those type of things with food because I'm like, oh my gosh, if I say something, they're little mm-hmm. sponges. They'll pick it up and they'll be like, yeah, I don't like that because mommy doesn't like that. But mm-hmm. they haven't even had the opportunity to try it. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Like that's me and radishes. I just, <laughs> I just don't like them. I've tried them, but I never buy them. Yeah. And one day I realized like, I need to let my kids try these things because they're, they're not going to be used to this spicy weird flavor weird Mm -hmm. in my mind people other people love radishes but it's like (laughs) I love all food not really radishes so so it's funny how we have our own preferences and if we don't think about it we can um not expose our kids to that food yeah yeah and I mean I think that's a good point that it's okay that our kids have preferences we also Mm -hmm. have preferences Mm -hmm. I don't like lima beans and I don't love okra I'll eat it if it's served to me, but I won't cook it. Those mm-hmm. are kind of my two things that I don't really love. I do happen to like radishes. One of my kiddos likes them. The other one doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, we've just encouraged them to try them. And, mm-hmm. you know, if they don't like it, that's okay. We always kind of can try to continue to expose them to foods, mm-hmm. um, even if they've said they haven't liked it before. Uh, but, and sometimes it, sometimes it changes, sometimes it doesn't. But mm-hmm. so how have you sort of just to kind of like 
expand on it a little bit. So when you mm-hmm. notice one of your kiddos, so I know you said like modeling was a big thing for one of your kiddos with mm-hmm. the salad, um, which is funny because one of mine also loves salad and the other one <laughs> does not love salad. And it's not the ones mm. you would think. Like the the older one doesn't love salad. The younger one That's eats funny. the salad up and she's so selective about so many things, but she will <laughs> gobble up salad. Usually Amazing. covered in dressing, but that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why I make homemade dressing. So it's got lots of lots of good ingredients in it. That's right. <laughs> So, so how do you approach it if one of your kiddos looks at a food and says, no, I won't eat that, or I don't like that, even if they haven't tried it? Kind of, how do you approach mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So if it is, say, a family meal and one of my kids says like, ew, or I don't like that, or I don't want to eat it, I just shut that down because I find that if one of my kids starts saying a food is gross or they don't want to eat it, the other kids pick up on it. And so that's been this hard rule at mealtimes is we don't speak negatively about the food. Somebody cooked it for you. So we need to be thankful. Um, but if you don't like it, then you can just say, it's not my favorite or no, thank you. Um, but at the same time, I do still want them to try it because like I tell them all the time, taste buds change, our preferences change. Um, And so when they were younger, I had this, this um, rule in a way of of trying bites. So if there were three, I wanted them to try three bites of it. If there were four, Mm -hmm. they would try four bites. Um, And it worked really well in those younger, in those younger years. But for my nine-year-old, I'm not like take nine bites because that's (laughs) almost the whole thing. Um, And especially because he is, you know, getting his own preferences and things that he likes as well. So I always want them to try it. And then decide, you know, if it's something that they like or not. Um, and then they can move on to something else that is at the table. But definitely the rule of dot, not speaking negatively, because I don't want them to do that when they're at someone's house, too. If mm, they're at a friend's yeah. house and, and their parents cook them a meal, I don't want them to push it away and say, ew. Um, because even when they're around friends that are more selective and they say things like that, then my kids are less likely to try that. So shut it down. Yes. <laughs> I know. I think we forget sometimes that our kids don't inherently understand that, that you don't just go, ew, gross, when you're like, at someone else's house. <laughs> we have to teach them that, right? We, have we to, do. Yeah. And we have to teach them that, you know, to be polite and to be thankful. And we've had mm-hmm. those conversations with my kids too. Like, you know, you're, you're really lucky that you have a plate full of food. So let's just, let's just try it. See if you like it. We try to do the one bite. We don't we try not to force them, but we still try to mm-hmm. do like the one bite rule. Like, well, mm-hmm. you can't say you don't like it if you haven't tasted it mm-hmm. that's a big that actually bothers me that's like one of my like mommy triggers yeah they're like I don't like it I'm like you literally never tasted it <laughs> so yeah no idea. like I've never made this before how do you know <laughs> yeah so just one bite and it's it's actually sometimes comical I have to like con- try and like have a poker face which I'm not I'm really not good at I'm very expressive and when my youngest will like try something so last night um we had a I make this spaghetti squash, the stuffed spaghetti squash bolognese, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like a cheater bolognese. I, I use like canned sauce, but everyone in the family has has liked it previously. She mm-hmm. doesn't love spaghetti squash, which is fine. She's tried it. She doesn't love it. And so I like gave her a little bit of the sauce without the spaghetti squash, but she hadn't seen it like in the spaghetti squash. She knows what it is mm-hmm. in the spaghetti squash, and she hadn't mm-hmm. seen it. And she was like, she just like looked at it. She didn't say ew, but she was like, mm-mm. <laughs> and I'm like, Ren, it's it's just beef and carrots. And there's obviously like other little things in mm-hmm. there. So that's all you can see is the beef and the carrots and the sauce. Mm-hmm. Like it's just beef and carrots. And she was like, 
I don't know. I know they can't see me, but you know, she's giving this face. And so she takes her fork and she takes like the tiniest little piece and she mm. like, dabs it and like brings it up to her mouth. She's four, by the way, if I haven't mentioned that. She, she brings mm-hmm. it up to her mouth and she like sticks her tongue out and sticks her tongue on it, sort of shudders. And I'm like, oh, come on. You've eaten this so many times before. And she finally puts it in her mouth and chews it and goes, I like it, mommy. I'm like, I know. I know you like it. <laughs> Very comically, I try to like not react to it because I'm like, I know she's gonna like it and you know she's gonna eat it, Mm -hmm. but it can be really hard. It is, it's hard and it's funny. And I I can just picture that with one of my kids. It's like this tiniest bite where it's like, can you even taste the flavor of it? Okay, so I think this is a really good segue into mm-hmm. encouraging our kids to, I know you're, you're fit mama real food, right? So encouraging mm-hmm. them to eat more real food and encouraging them to eat more veggies and nutrient dense foods. Because I mean, I think a lot of kids like those quote unquote kid foods, right? We mm-hmm. like the chicken nuggets and the mac and cheese and I'm all about balance. So we have those in our house too. We try to make the homemade stuff when we can, mm-hmm. um, but we really do want to eat them. The nu- We want them to eat the nutrient dense foods. So how do you approach that with them? Maybe bringing in new foods that they might not have tried. Um, so how do you kind of approach that? Yeah, well, the biggest thing that I have found that's worked for my kids is modeling. So me, you know, eating the foods and also showing that I enjoy the foods, not Mm. just not just eating it and being like, oh, gross, Uh, but really showing them that like food is delicious. It's it's so amazing that we can have all this color on our plate and talking about like what it tastes like, what I'm liking about it, how it makes me feel. So really just talking about the food modeling has been my number one helper in getting them to want to try things and letting them eat off my plate. Even if, even if I really want to eat it and have it all to myself, like my smoothie that I make when they want to try it, I'll let them have some, even though I want it all. Cause I know (laughs) it's good for them to try it. And then, um, you mentioned, you know, kids like all of the quote unquote kid food and you know, chicken nuggets, mac and cheese. Um, when they're eating those all the time and they're getting the hyper palatable foods, it does make it a little trickier to then transition to real food because products are made to be delicious and made to crave. And so if you're finding that your kids are only wanting those things, like you said, try make them at home, um, make a homemade version to just get their taste buds to adjust to that. It can definitely be a process. Um, I know that, you know, at times like Halloween just happened, my kids definitely had their, um, had a good time with their candy. <laughs> and I, I found that they didn't like, you know, other naturally sweetened treats that we make as much. So if you're incorporating sweeter things or more processed foods, it, it'll take some time for their taste buds to adjust. Um, adding new foods at a mealtime, I always like to serve something that they're going to like. So a win, if I'm serving a new type of vegetable or I'm cooking it a different way, I'm going to make sure that I have, you know, some fruit is an easy win that we always have at dinner time as well, because they're going to see it, they're going to enjoy it. Um, and then, you know, if they're seeing something new on their plate, they'll eat the things they like, and then hopefully make their way to trying that new food, or then I encourage them to try it too. So having something that is a win. Um, and also, if you're wanting them to eat more veggies, but they're super resistant to it, I mentioned smoothies, 
we love smoothies in our house. You can put all the greens in. I've been putting frozen butternut squash in my smoothies lately, and it's my new favorite thing, Chris. Yeah. It's so good. It's so I've good. I've done that before. I haven't done it this yeah. year. It's so good. Yeah. It's surprisingly it good. <laughs> yeah. I've been putting some ginger in with it, and it's even though it's super cold out, the ginger kind of makes it a little warmer feeling. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend that. And then also grating the veggies so they can cook down in like a sauce, like you mentioned that bolognese um, or different like stir fries. So everything's a little bit smaller and not these massive veggies that they can Mm -hmm. see. Um, And then the last thing that I want to share is let them have their dips. Like if they want to try a veggie, if it's dipped in ketchup, give them the ketchup. Mm -hmm. Um, Yesterday, my my three-year-old had cucumber sticks and I had some fry sauce from our burger night and she loved that so much. She asked for more cucumbers, which is not like her. And she was just eating so many and it was because of the dip, Uh, but she got the veggies in at the same time. So find a dip, make a dip with them, get them involved in the kitchen so they can um, have some pride in the meal as well. And exposing them to to new flavors in that way is really fun. Yeah. Okay. I want to talk a little bit about getting kids in the kitchen, but I also yeah. want to know what are what are some of your favorite dips to make at home with your kids? I know we've got a oh. couple favorites. What are your favorites? Yes, my favorite that I've made for so many years is kefir ranch, and mm. I I love it so much. We get a little bit of probiotics in there. I have a recipe on my website I can share with you. And then um, I love to make just a the easy mayonnaise, ketchup, barbecue sauce, pickle mm-hmm. juice, like a fry sauce. Um, get that mixed up. My kids have been loving that as well. And um, hummus is hit or miss. Sometimes we're really into it. Sometimes we're not. Um, and you can't go wrong with ketchup for yes. kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I, I think that um, oftentimes... And I think this might just be like, you know, like the diet culture world, like Mm -hmm. demonizing sauces and, Mm -hmm. you know, ketchup is so bad or, you know, ranch dressing is so bad. And it's like, okay, if they're eating their vegetables, then they're eating their vegetables. And Mm -hmm. I am a huge sauce fan. Like I love pretty much every every type of sauce you described. I'm like, oh, my gosh, give those to me now with like (laughs) some sort of dipper. I I love sauces. So we like to make a lot of sauces in our house as well, which is why I was excited to hear yours. Mm -hmm. We haven't made a fry sauce like that. And I think we need to do that because I think my oldest daughter would absolutely love that. But we do Mm -hmm. like a please and we do a homemade Mm -hmm. ranch too. Um, I have a salad dressing that is kind of like a copycat Chick-fil-A sauce um, Mm -hmm. that we have now started making into more of a sauce. And it's like if if it is a way to get them to eat veggies, I'm 100 percent with you. I love that. I love that. Mm -hmm. And it's really easy to make those at home, too. It doesn't feel overwhelming to make a sauce versus Mm -hmm. um, a lot of these more. I think sometimes it can feel really overwhelming to make these seemingly complicated meals for the whole family that like satisfy the whole family. Mm-hmm. because oftentimes we do have picky eaters and we'll, we'll talk more about that soon. <laughs> we have, picky mm-hmm. eaters, you know, might not want to eat what, you know, what the rest of the family is eating, but I really liked your tip of having a win on the plate. So there is something that they are comfortable with. That's something I've, I've heard before. And, you know, honestly, it is not something that I employ all the time. And I think that's something that I need to bring into my own family too, is, is reminding myself that we need to have something on the plate that they're like, Oh yeah, that's a win. Whether it's fruit mm-hmm. or my kids, um, they love roasted broccoli. I mm. I love roasted broccoli too. So good. We I think I have to start making two trays, honestly, because my husband and I never get any of the broccoli because my kids <laughs> eat it up so fast. It's one of the veggies they really love, and so I, that's something that we serve 
probably every single week. So I'm like, okay, I know they're getting broccoli every single week, um, but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of other vegetables they're hesitant about. So having something else on there that Mm -hmm. is a win for them. I really like that. And I like that calling it, calling it a win. Yeah. Everybody wants a win. And going back to what you said about diet culture um, and, you know, sauces, sauces are bad. I actually love to think of a sauce, which is often more fat um, heavy as a great thing for veggies. Cause you're going to get your fat soluble vitamins for your kiddos yes, out of the veggies. So yep. you can think of this as like this sauce, maybe not ketchup cause it's not fat heavy, but mm-hmm. you know, a ranch dressing or an aioli is going to help them to get even more goodness out of their veggies. So you can put that in your mind. Yeah, that is, that is a really, that's a really good point. And it's so true too. I mean, yeah. Oh my gosh. I can just think back to like the the 90s when all of our food was low fat and like where was the flavor? <laughs> I know. Nutrients, right. I'm so glad that we are we're bringing fat back. <laughs> Me too. Actually, you know what's funny and I didn't even think of this until now. My something that I've been getting um I love to make lots of food from home, homemade food just like you. Mm-hmm. Um but there are some things that just do not translate to school lunches and so I've been buying these little guacamole because my oldest daughter loves guacamole, mm-hmm. these little guacamole packs. Um, they're like these little, I think they're from Trader Joe's. I think and you can get them at Aldi too. Mm-hmm. So I've been putting them in her lunches. And this morning I was packing her lunch and she's like, mommy, um, can you add in some more dippers for the guacamole? Cause it's a pretty big, I was like, yeah, sure. What would you like? And she's like more carrots. And I'm like, um, okay, sure. Yes. You can definitely have more carrots. I was thinking she was going to say crackers or something like that, but no, I love it. more carrots. So it really is a testament to how that dip really does work. So it's magic. Okay. So you mentioned getting kids in the kitchen and I do want to touch on that a little bit Mm -hmm. because I, I like to get my kids in the kitchen when I can, but I love hearing from other parents kind of like how they get their kids in the kitchen. Cause I know sometimes it can be stressful to bring the kids in the Mm -hmm. kitchen because you're like, I'm just trying to get dinner made or I'm just trying Mm -hmm. to do my meal prep or whatever it is. So how do you kind of bring your kids into the kitchen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're what, well, I think about myself when I want to do like actual training of like, this is how you cut something with a knife. Um, I will not do that type of teaching when I need to get a meal done. So I think of it as like an activity that we can do in an afternoon is like, Hey, let's practice using a knife. But if I'm in the middle of cooking and they come in and they're like, Oh, mommy, can I help you? I try to think of these little things that I can have them, you know, when they're younger, they can sit on the floor. This is my three-year-old most mornings and um, mix our pancake batter. And it's super easy. I can get the ingredients in and then she can mix it. And that's super fun for her. Uh, When you have a little more time and, and space, maybe on your counter, you can have them help with the, the scooping and the pouring into the bowl. Great ways to introduce them with that. Um, when they're super little, my first thing is I just have them push buttons on like the food processor or the mm-hmm. blender. They're in the kitchen and they're I'm I'm talking to them about like what I'm putting in. And it's a great way to expose them. Um, just getting them in and giving them little tasks is always really helpful. So if you if you can get some bananas out and have them practice chopping that or if they're a little bit older, peeling a cucumber. Um, and then, you know, if you can use regular knives or if you want to get kids safe knives, you can get those as well, which is I, when I first started bringing my kids into the kitchen, I didn't have them. But now that I have four kids and I don't want to have to monitor as much, mm-hmm. I actually like the kids safe knives yes, that I can be yeah. like, here, chop that cucumber up and I don't have to watch them. Yes. Um, but 
<laughs> but uh, there are times when, you know, we want to do that good training of like, this is how you hold a knife. And this is how you um, don't cut your fingers off. And so um, making sure that we're not distracted with rushing, but setting aside some time. And I have so many tips um, in my cookbook, which we'll talk about later about bringing kids into the kitchen oh, by age it. and stages. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's so important, too. And I, I really I also love the kids knives. And that's how we started with my oldest daughter. And as mm-hmm. she's old enough, she uses like a smaller chef's knife. It's like a stainless mm-hmm. steel knife. Um, and I can actually trust her. I'm still in the kitchen with her. I'm never like sending her into the yeah. kitchen by herself. <laughs> she can go in and cut an apple with an apple cutter by herself. But that's the only thing she's allowed to do without me in the kitchen with her because nice. uh, she's tried. She's like, I, I found her in the kitchen, like cutting strawberries with this big knife. And I'm like, oh, wow. Awesome. Okay. I'm, I'm, I know that you have great knife skills, but let's make sure mommy's here with you. Mm-hmm. She's eight. So, you know, it, she's, she's capable, but I, I still want to make sure I'm there with her because she is only eight. Uh, mm-hmm. But our youngest now, she will use like, it's a plastic serrated knife. Um, and mm-hmm. we just got it on Amazon, but they work mm-hmm. like surprisingly well to cut yeah. things like cucumbers and softer vegetables or apples and things like that. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. I love that. And I, I like that idea of um, really just setting aside that time to teach more of those skills, but getting them mm-hmm. in there, even with those little things, too, I think is is really great. Mm-hmm. I love that. OK, so we talked about kind of the stress of getting those meals on the table. So I want to bring it back to picky eating and then I want to hear some of your favorite meals, too. Um So it can be stressful to be at the table and to have everyone, you know, you guys have your family of six sitting at the table and you put a meal on the table and this kid wants this thing, this kid wants this thing, this kid wants this thing. How do you make that mealtime experience less stressful? How do maybe it's like how you serve the foods, how you approach it? Like how, how do you make that less stressful? Mm -hmm. So casseroles are not always a win because everything is combined together. So unless I know that my family loves this casserole, like we have this cheesy curry chicken casserole that whenever we serve it, everybody loves it. And that's it. That's an easy win. But if I'm serving a new casserole, I might combine half of it. And then the other components will be kind of separate. Um, Mm. And then they can, you know, see each of them on their plate and maybe there's a sauce that goes with it. They can dip in that sauce um, so that it's not like they feel like they have to pick through it in if they're trying something new. Bowls are always a win where we've got, you know, all the different components plus a sauce. And then my husband and I use a bowl. They're always, they always want to use a plate because they want to have their foods a little more separate. They're not super picky about like no foods touching, but I find when they can see the foods in their own element, they feel more successful in their meal because they can pick and choose what they want to be eating at each time. Um, Burgers are always a hit in our house. And I love them because everyone can make them their own way, of course, with their toppings, but I love a burger salad. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, we can have the burgers and then serve some you know, sweet potato fries or, or some regular fries. And then I can turn mine into a burger salad, have all my fries on the side with a dip and I'm happy. And they're making theirs with their bun and, um, have some fruit often. And so that's an easy win. And another is tacos. You just can't go wrong with tacos Mm -hmm. because again, they can make their own. So I think that when we give our kids the power to choose what they are going to put on their plate or how they're going to assemble it, they are more excited because everybody wants to 
has a little control and power. And sometimes we take that away from our kids when we're like, this is how you have to eat this. If we can just serve it separately and give them the choice, then I think they're more receptive to trying it. Mm, Yeah, I really like that. And I think so much of the quick and easy dinner options that are online. And I get asked for these a lot just as a recipe developer myself, like, you know, sheet pan meals are great, but if you can serve it so that they can like choose the different components versus Mm -hmm. everything is together. But yeah, casseroles can be really hard for kids. They might be easy, but they Mm -hmm. can be really hard for them if they are, if there are a lot of new foods in there. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I know those, everything you described are like meals that our family would love. We do lots (laughs) of bowls. We do lots of tacos. We do. And I, I love that, that they can pick and choose their own toppings. And I know we've had instances where my, my kids will, it'll be like a cheese and lettuce taco. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's cool. At least you're eating. At least there's some lettuce on there. And sometimes yeah. it just is what it is, but you are you're empowering them. And I think that empowers them to empowering them to make those choices when they're kids empowers them to make choices when they're adults too. And mm-hmm. and then you're modeling right there too to go back to that going, okay, you're going to have a salad and they might want a salad sometime to have with their burger too, maybe on the side, maybe to have their burger on top of a salad. That's my favorite way to have a burger too. Mm-hmm. So, I love that. So I think those are, those are great. So, okay. Talking about meals and talking about food, you just launched when this episode airs a cookbook. So exciting. I know it's been a couple years in the making. So first and foremost, where did the idea for a muffin cookbook come from? And then just tell us all about it. I want all the details. I'll just sit back and I want to hear about it. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Chris, I'm so excited. So The idea for a muffin cookbook was not the original idea. Um, I knew that I wanted to make a cookbook around healthier treats for kids. Um, I have a recipe for a no sugar banana smash cake on my website that is the number one favorite on there. And I think it's because, you know, when you're serving your first kiddo a cake, so many parents don't want to overload with sugar. That that was me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I knew based on that and some of the other recipes that there was this need for more naturally sweetened treats, you know, things that taste really good that don't have refined sugar in them. So the, the idea was first many sweet treats, but then it came down to muffins because um, I love making muffins with my kids. They're so kid friendly mm-hmm. and um and it's a great way to introduce kids in the kitchen with muffins. So that's how um, the cookbook idea came along. And um, through all of the, the recipe development, we have over 30 um, sweet and savory muffins um, in there. They're all refined sugar free. So either sweetened with maple syrup or honey or just fruit and um, all gluten free using almond flour, oat flour and coconut flour. So just three flours. Oh, I love that. I love keeping it simple too. Mm -hmm. I do not, I am not a huge baker. I can do muffins. I will do muffins. Mm -hmm. I will be trying the muffins in your book. (laughs) But I'm not a huge baker, right? And so beyond something like muffins or something really simple like that, I don't love having to go out and getting a bunch of different alternative flowers. And you will see, like I do, I have a couple muffin recipes on my website, but again, not a baker. So that's not something, it's not my forte. Mm-hmm. But I like to stick with those simple, you know, I like the alternative flowers because they are more nutrient dense and then they're mm-hmm. also naturally gluten free. I really like the ones that you mentioned. Those are mm-hmm. like three of the main ones that we use in our house too: the almond, coconut, oat, because I mean, you can make 
you can't make coconut flour in your house, but you could make almond flour with blanched mm-hmm. almonds if you let them go for a long time in the food processor. <laughs> yeah. You could make oat flour from home. They're all like mm-hmm. real whole foods and mm-hmm. they're easy to find and they're really nutrient dense too versus a lot of like those gluten-free flour blends. I know when I went gluten-free for uh, several years because I struggled with IBS. So years ago, I went gluten-free before gluten-free was cool, before mm-hmm. it was like a big deal. And it was so hard to find gluten-free flours in general, but you couldn't find a gluten-free flour blend. I think the yeah. original Bob's Red Mill blend was out at that point, but we're talking, this is like 2011. So this is mm-hmm. like 10 years, oh my gosh, 10 like years 10 ago. <laughs> yeah. And I ended up writing um, an ebook on going gluten-free because mm-hmm. it was not, it's not published anymore. It was, I mean, it was great at the time, but <laughs> it's not published anymore to explain the different gluten-free flours because there's so many and you have to combine them mm-hmm. in different ways. And then years later, when I discovered almond flour, coconut flour, oat flour, I was like, oh, my gosh, this can be so easy, so much easier. And they're oftentimes, well, they are less refined than a lot of the gluten-free flours. You have to figure out mm-hmm. how to combine or, you know, some of the gluten-free all-purpose blends are are still, you know, it's just kind of like white flour. And I'm OK mm-hmm. with a little white flour here and there because it's all about balance. But when we want to feed these to our kids as a breakfast or a snack, we want them to be real food. We want them to be nutrient dense. So I love mm-hmm. that. I love that it's so simple. I love that you use easy to find natural sweeteners too. That's what we mm-hmm. use in our house. Um, and um, it's funny because my kids, they don't eat a lot of like we just tend to when we bake in our house, we do do we do treats around the holidays and things like that. But we oftentimes bake using natural sweeteners, too. So my kids mm-hmm. will go to a birthday party or something and they'll eat like three bites of cake. And my oldest <laughs> will say, it's too sweet, mommy. And I'm like, mm-hmm very, very sweet because we just don't use a lot of that in our house. And we're not depriving our kids. We're just going, no, nah, like we're choosing to eat, use more natural sweeteners. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, after like Halloween and stuff, when they're eating a lot of candy, I think it tends to tends to turn for a little while. <laughs> right. You have you have to readjust for yes, a little yeah. while. But yeah. having those uh, awesome options at home can help them to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you bring up, you know, the nutrient nutrient density of them because the, the cookbook title is Everyday Muffin Party um, because it should be fun to bake together. But also these they're, they're so good that you can eat them every day. They taste good, but they're also so good for you. Um, and yeah, easy to find ingredients like you mentioned. Yeah, I think that is so important, especially in a world where there are so many crazy ingredients that you can add to food mm-hmm. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. The simpler, the better, because even even as someone who loves food as much as I do, I think the craziest I go is, you know, some of the different like Asian sauces and ingredients and things like that. But you can still find most of those at like a Whole Foods or something like that, because I think moms want easy to find, less grocery mm-hmm. store trips, things that they can mm-hmm. make at home. Exactly. So I want to know then, what are your yeah. favorite recipes from the book? Maybe at least one sweet and a savory because you have both in there. And then Me I want to know what your kids' favorites are too. Okay. My favorite savory is a ham spinach cheese quiche. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not an actual quiche with a crust. We add almond flour into it. And when you take a bite, mm-hmm. it's like, it just tastes like a quiche. It is so good and so delicious. Um, and of course, in muffin form. So that's my favorite savory one. And then I think my favorite sweet is a chocolate hazelnut muffin. Mm. Um, it has pumpkin in it and I, I made it recently. So I think that's why it's on yeah. my mind and it's so good. It tastes like a birthday cake, but 
but of course it just has a little bit of maple syrup in it, but the pumpkin really helps to keep it moist. Yeah. Um, and I think my kiddo's favorite, which is a really fun one, we have a section on nut butter based muffins. So oh, there's cool. different categories. Yeah. So there they use, um, almond butter, peanut butter, but of course you can substitute others, but we have a peanut butter and jelly muffin. So it's this peanut butter muffin, but then we take some jelly and it goes in the middle. So it's stuffed with some jam. Um, and that one they love. It's super delicious, super fun. And let's see the favorite savory for them would be my three ingredient cheddar broccoli egg muffin. It's mm, seriously so easy. Three ingredients. Combo. Yeah. You can't go wrong with cheese and broccoli. And that's been a long standing, like since they've been around favorite of theirs. So of course it had to be in the cookbook because <laughs> it's, it's such a winner. So those are my faves. Oh my gosh. Those all sound amazing. The chocolate mm-hmm. hazelnut is Nutella. So I'm all over yeah. it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yes. And I do tend to be a more savory lover. And I, I think mm-hmm. I've kind of realized this in the, in the last couple of years that I prefer more. And maybe it's because I also don't eat a ton of refined sugar. And so my taste buds have just kind of gone to the more savory side. So for me, that that quiche, I've I've never tried it with like the almond flour mixed in there. I am very excited mm-hmm. to try that. That that sounds like the yeah. number one one I want to try is the the oh, yeah, it's so good. quiche one. <laughs> um, but for sweet, I love I love Nutella. And so yeah, I, when I lived in Italy in college, we my roommate my roommate she was my my best friend from high school. She was also mm-hmm. my roommate, but my best friend from high school and I we <laughs> you know have the Nutella and it'd be like afternoon Nutella time. Oh yeah. Have the best spoonful of Nutella. <laughs> so it sounds like Nutella in a muffin, which is mm-hmm. so good. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. That's not, and the peanut butter and jelly sound really good too. That's not my yeah. husband would really like that because he's a yeah. peanut butter and jelly lover. Me too, but yeah, he's a peanut butter and jelly lover. So it, it it's a classic. Yeah, there's so many. I can't wait for you to try the recipes in there. Oh my gosh, I can't either. I'm I'm getting hungry now and it's only like 10 o'clock <laughs> in the morning here. I just had breakfast, but I'm like, I can have a muffin now. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> All the time muffins. Oh my gosh. Well, you know that I have some fun rapid fire questions that mm-hmm. I love to ask as we sort of get to the the end. Um, but before we wrap up, do you have any last pieces of wisdom or advice for the mom listening who's like, my kids are really selective and I'm stressed out and I'm overwhelmed and I I just want to feed them really good food? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something that we didn't talk about. Um, but get them involved in deciding what you're going to make. So if you have a favorite um, cookbook or magazine or website that you go to for recipe inspiration, or even just Pinterest, um, bring them along with you so that, you know, they can look at the pretty pictures of food because we eat with our eyes first um, and have them be with you in the deciding process of what you're going to cook. Now, maybe not all the meals, but maybe you say, Hey, Tuesday, I want you to be in charge of what we're going to have and let's find a recipe together. And so you can kind of show them different options um, and let them, let them pick. And then, you know, if they're receptive to it, like helping you in the kitchen, but even just that little step of giving them that power of deciding what you are going to make as a family or have their lunchbox or for breakfast, you know, whatever meal you choose um, is going to make them a little more excited because they're going to be like, Hey, I picked that we're going to have this. Like you didn't get to, <laughs> I got to. So that, that can be really helpful. Um, and it also can be the beginning stages in teaching them how to make a meal plan, which is a huge win. 
Yes. Yeah. No, I love that. We definitely get our kids involved with lunches because my husband and I just eat leftovers for lunches or I'll Mm -hmm. throw together a salad. That's pretty much what we eat for lunches. But the kids, they go to school and so they get school lunches. And so we involve them with that and we ask them Mm -hmm. kind of what main do you want for the week? And they each get to choose a veggie and a fruit. So there's two of each and we just kind of like rotate those. Mm-hmm. We don't do that as much for dinners. Um, I know you and I are both big fans of meal planning. So I meal mm-hmm. plan and I do the plan and I try to go off of like our favorite meals first and then bring in anything that might be new from there. But I don't give them that much choice with meals. I, to be perfectly honest, I definitely um, choose the meals in our house because my husband will eat anything um, mm-hmm. except mushrooms. If I do mushrooms, he's not happy, but that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that. I like having a, sa- a sage night in our house and a wren night, though I'm not sure what wren would choose. I'm thinking <laughs> <laughs> for her, it might be um, chicken tenders. She likes when we do homemade chicken tenders. Those are her favorite. Mm-hmm. But bringing them in and yeah, empowering them in that way. I think that's that's a really great tip. And you've given me yeah. so many tips. And I in this in this whole conversation, I really appreciate it too. With oh. my one selective eater and my adventurous eater, I think that these would be these are going to be really great tips. Well, good. I'm so glad. And Chris, if it makes you feel better, I don't always include them, but I, I use that in stages when I notice that one kiddo is just less excited about meals, you know, they, they go through phases. Yeah. That's when I'll implement that. Um, but most of the time I do the meal planning too. <laughs> okay. That's good to know that you're not yeah. like, like super extra super mom. I know you're a super mom, but no. like super extra <laughs> super mom where you're like, okay, each kid gets one day each week and they get to choose the meal. But I think that is a really important strategy when they are less enthused about meals. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Come mm-hmm. on, like come in and you, you help me choose and you be a part of that. And, and yeah. Oh, that's so cool. So now I want to take my kids and grab your cookbook and have them choose one of mm-hmm. each to try. I think we need to do that. I think that would Please be really do. fun. And we'll share. <laughs> we'll share over on Instagram when we choose. And I will definitely get them in the kitchen. Muffins are one of those things. And we haven't made them in a while, but they're one of those things they like to help with too. Because like you said, awesome. they are really easy to have them mix and mm-hmm. be able to get involved in without too much of the stress of you know other types of baking where you have to like, you have to have exact measurements, but you have to... There are some types of baking that are just a little bit um, mm-hmm. more technical, which is why I shy away from baking, because I like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a little flexibility in baking. I mean, it's a science, but also like, you know, if kids pour the muffins in and they're the different sizes, like it'll all it'll all work out just fine. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's one of the reasons I love muffins, too, because there is that mm-hmm. little bit of flexibility where it's probably OK if there's a little bit more baking powder yeah. or if they <laughs> yes. add a little bit more liquid. It's OK. You just add a little bit more flour. It'll probably exactly. work out. We're not making yeah. macarons. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love that. OK, so let's dive into a few fun rapid fire questions. So mm-hmm. You know, we're, we've already been talking about food this whole time, but I want to know what you have been loving to cook lately. Okay, to cook. You know, I don't know if this is actually cooking, but I am still obsessed with smoothies. Mm-hmm. I love them. Um, and like I mentioned, butternut squash in my smoothie. I've been making this like ginger, blueberry, butternut squash smoothie probably every day. Um, but as far as actual cooking, I have a, I guess I like ginger. It's a ginger turmeric chicken soup that mm-hmm. um, I would say the last couple months, I've probably made four or five times. So that's been my favorite cooking. And then smoothie is my non-cooking thing. Oh my gosh. That sounds so good though. At this time of the year too, as we're coming Mm -hmm. into fall and winter, it's getting cooler. 
Mm-hmm. immune support. And then that also sounds really delicious. So I love, is that mm-hmm. recipe on your website too? It is. Yeah. I'll send you the link. All right. I, I, I need those links so we can put them in the show notes so they can yes. go and grab <laughs> some of those. Um, okay. So you kind of already answered this one, but what are you loving to eat these days? Oh, um, okay. I'll change it to something else. Cause I love so many things, but, uh, for lunches, I've been loving salmon burgers. I get these frozen mm-hmm. salmon burgers from Costco. They're so easy. You just cook them for like 10 minutes. And that's been my my one of my favorite lunches because I'll put it in a bowl or turn it into tacos, have it on its own with some guac. Um, I just love all food, Chris, but that's been like a that's been a staple for a while. I love a quick and easy lunch option. Mm-hmm. Like I love something you can grab from the freezer. There are mm-hmm. like this certain couple of brands of veggie burgers I really enjoy. And so I'll keep mm-hmm. those in the freezer too to have something quick for lunches if we happen to not have leftovers. So mm-hmm. I'm all for that. And I love salmon. So that mm, sounds super best. Good. I love it. <laughs> okay. So my last sort of rapid fire question. I love to ask mm-hmm. all my guests and I have asked you before, but uh, it, it always changes in every season, right? Um, so what does balance look like to you? in this season? Oh, yes. So this season, and it probably is different than what I answered before. Um, really, it's been being present, you know, with finishing my cookbook and just getting ready for that. I've definitely had moments of overwhelm with everything to do. And I had a week where I was just super stressed. And it really made me realize like, hey, I need to be able to cut off and shut off that part of my brain when I'm with my kids and be really present. And so really having boundaries um, around where my, where my mind is at, what I'm thinking about when I'm with my kids versus when it's my quote unquote work time um, has been super important in me finding, finding a place of balance for myself. Mm, Oh, I am right there with you in that season. (laughs) So I totally get that. I'm sure so many of the moms listening are like, yep, yep, I'm in that. (laughs) So it's hard, but it's, it's important to create those boundaries. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. Okay. So where can my listeners connect with you? I know you mentioned your website, so share your website where they can get your recipes now and where, and when can they get your new cookbook? Yeah, so you can find me on fitmamarealfood.com, and that's like the hub of all the things. Uh, My cookbook will be out December 7th, so I believe it's already out when this goes live. You can find that at fitmamarealfood.com slash cookbook, or you can go to Amazon and search for the title and find it that way as well. We have a hard hardcover, paperback, and digital options. So pick your favorite. And um, I can't wait for people to cook from it. And then I'm on Instagram at Fit Mama Real Food. So those are all my places. Awesome. Oh my gosh. This was so fun. I knew this was going to be so fun, Um, but I think you gave so many, like I mentioned, so many good tips for moms who might have picky eaters, more selective eaters, and just how to chill out a little bit at Mm mealtime and just make it a little bit easier for those of us who are mm-hmm. like, what do I do when my kids <laughs> don't want to eat anything, but we can model it and we can serve meals where they can serve themselves and we can get them in the kitchen and, mm-hmm. uh, and we can hopefully stress a little bit less about getting those meals on the table and then mm-hmm. get your cookbook and make some really delicious muffins. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And enjoy all the flavors. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much for being on with us. I know that they're going to go grab your cookbook and, uh, and find you over on social media. Yay. Thank you so much, Chris. It was so fun talking with you again. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.